One of the possible revenue streams for influencers or content creators is brand collaborations. But how do you actually get them? And if you do come across an opportunity, how do you know that it's really legit? You might feel pumped now about securing brand deals until you sit down at your computer and realize you have no idea where to start. Or maybe that's just me. I know I have definitely felt that way in the past. So how do you get brand deals? What should you charge? And how do you know if they're legit when they do come your way? Don't worry, I've got your back. Just listen to today's episode of Creator Club and you are gonna be an expert in brand deals for content creators by the end. So don't hit that pause button and let's get into it. Welcome to the Creator Club podcast produced by Creatorly Media. I'm your host, Katie Steckley. I'm a side hustle YouTuber turned six-figure CEO that's obsessed with social media, making content, and building communities. Here on the Creator Club podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you. So stay tuned for my workshop style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or 1 million followers, there's a seat for you at the table. So let's get into it. Before we get into the content in today's episode, of course, you know I need to give a shout out to this week's reviewer of the week. This week's review is titled So Helpful and it was written by Danny. And Danny writes, Thank you so much, Katie. I love listening to your podcast with your digestible wisdom and tips. I find this helpful for beginners like me that have some sort of knowledge. This is great content for people that might be stuck with inspiration as well. Thanks so much. Thank you, Danny, for leaving a really kind review. And of course, if you are listening right now and you haven't left a review yet on the Creator Club podcast, then please go ahead and do that. Let us know what you like about the show, what your most helpful tips or tricks have been that you've taken away, maybe a favorite episode. We'd love to hear from you because honestly, reviews and ratings and also sharing the podcast to your friends and family are the best ways that you can help us continue to grow the Creator Club podcast so that we can keep investing more time into sharing more knowledge with you. It's actually really crazy when I look back at how far the podcast has come just this year alone. I was just checking my stats and one of my big goals for 2021 was to cross over 10,000 downloads a month and we have officially done that as of the day that I'm recording this, um, which is September 22nd. So thank you so much for all of your support and all of your downloads. It really, really means so much to me, especially if you've been following me on YouTube, then you'll know that I've kind of transitioned to more personal and lifestyle content on my YouTube platform. And so I'm really excited to be able to continue to provide you all with social media marketing and content creation tips and advice here on the Creator Club podcast. So if you want to keep getting that info, then make sure that you leave a review or rating because it means the world to me. And I might just read your review on next week's episode. And of course, don't forget to include your Instagram handle or whatever you want us to shout out in your review. And I'd be happy to give you a little shout out. So thanks again, Danny. And thank you all so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. 
Okay, so let's get into it. As I said in the intro, we're going to be talking about the ultimate guide to brand deals. We're going to go over how you get them, what you're going to charge for them, and also how to know if they're legit. Because I know if there's anything that is a pretty universal content creator experience, it's getting that really exciting and promising email in your inbox, but not knowing if this is actually a real brand that actually wants to work with you or if they're trying to get you to buy something. So we're going to get into the details of that a little bit later in the episode. But of course, you know me, I love my numbered steps. So we're going to start with step number one, which is be known for something. So let's just get the obvious out of the way first and talk about being known for a specific niche. I know, I know, this is mentioned in almost every blog, podcast, or video about growing your presence online, but there's a reason. Establishing a niche and a target audience is crucial for pitching yourself to brands. If you were a brand and your focus was on women content creators in their 20s, you wouldn't have much success if you advertised your product on a phishing-based YouTube channel targeting men, right? So that just kind of gives you a sense of why it's so important to have a specific topic that you're known for so brands can understand who they're going to be reaching by advertising on your platform. If you can prove that your audience matches the ideal audience of the brand you're wanting to collaborate with, you will be more likely to land that brand deal. Because when it comes to any kind of influencer marketing, what it comes down to is brands are working with influencers because they are trying to reach a specific, dedicated, and engaged audience. Rather than just advertising on Facebook or Instagram using their demographic tools, they want to work with someone who has a very specific audience and also is trusted by that audience. So this first step is all about making sure that you have a clear target demographic that you're reaching and that your audience has some clear interests or common themes that you'll be able to pitch to brands so that brands understand a little bit more about who they're going to be reaching with the content that you create together. So if you haven't already, make sure you get clear on what your niche is or who your target audience is. And I would recommend just as a little exercise, sitting down and trying to write a one or two sentence little pitch about who your people are so that you can really easily communicate to a brand who they might be able to reach. All right, so that's step one. We won't linger on that for too long because I'm sure you're very familiar with the idea of having a niche or target audience. So let's move on to step number two, which is increasing your engagement rate. It's really not all about the size of your audience. I actually touched on this a little bit in the last Creator Club episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, make sure you check it out once you're done listening to this one. It's called the 2021 Approach to Being an Instagram Influencer. I mentioned that some brands prefer working with smaller influencers that have, you know, maybe smaller audiences. That's actually pretty typical now. If you look into influencer marketing, like literally just Google influencer marketing and start reading the few first few top articles, you'll see that a trend has kind of occurred over the past number of years where brands are moving towards working with what we call micro or even nano influencers. There are all these different terms for basically how big your audience is. But the point is, in the past, brands used to lean towards trying to work with the biggest, most famous influencers out there. So think, you know, like Emma Chamberlain, Liza Koshy, you know, David Dobrik. But the thing is, as those people got really massive audiences, they also had really massive rates. And their audiences are a little bit generic because 
everybody kind of watches them. And so brands that are trying to reach a very specific kind of person have started more and more to lean towards working with influencers that have a smaller audience. So we're talking, you know, less than 100k followers, maybe even less than 10k followers, depending on how specific their target audience is. So really, what it comes down to is not how many followers you have. So if you've been feeling discouraged that you aren't able to monetize the little community that you've been able to build just because you have, you know, two, three, five thousand followers, don't feel that way. It's really all about engagement. You could have a small audience under 5K, but have an outstanding engagement rate and a very specific target audience. And this is like gold to a brand, especially if you can find the right brand. Having a high engagement rate shows a brand that the audience you do have is very, very interested in what you have to say or recommend to them. And it gives the brand much more security knowing that your audience would have interest if their product was shared to them by you. So when I was talking through step one, I mentioned that really what brands are looking for when they're doing influencer marketing is one, a specific target audience. We covered that in step one, or what they're also looking for is an audience that is going to trust you. And that's really what step two is all about. We're trying to prove here that your audience trusts you more than they would just trust a random Instagram ad. Because the whole thing is, if you're trying to create a value proposition for a brand as a small creator, trying to convince them to do a brand deal with you, which we'll get to the pitch later on in the episode, you need to be able to convince them that you are worth paying rather than just running a cheap Instagram ad targeting your type of target audience. And the way you do that is by showing that your followers trust you and that they take your recommendations and they value your suggestions. And one really great way to show that through um, quantitative evidence is your engagement rate, because your engagement rate is kind of like the number that shows how much your audience really uh, follows you closely and uh, appreciates what you're sharing. So just to recap really quick before we start to get into more of the nitty gritty details, step one is all about having a clear audience. So when a brand comes to you or you go to a brand, you can prove to them who it is you are creating content for and who it is you're reaching with your content. And step two is about increasing your engagement rate so that you can prove to a brand that the people that you're reaching trust you and they care what you have to say and they would be likely to purchase something if you suggested that they purchase it. Okay, so now that we've got that all under control, we know our niche, we're making sure our community is engaged in what we're creating. Now it's time to get into some of the more logistical pieces of actually securing brand deals. So step three in our numbered process today is creating a media kit. So in case you haven't heard of it before, a media kit is a document that has information about you, your demographics, your social platforms, and your pricing. You can kind of think of it a little bit like a menu at a restaurant, like a menu at a restaurant is going to advertise what sort of food they have. Through that, you'll be able to get the vibe of like what their sort of genre is or what the atmosphere of their restaurant would be. And then, of course, you'd also see the pricing. So your media kit is kind of like your menu of services as a content creator. This information can all be gathered into a well-structured PDF that can be sent to the brand when you reach out or if they reach out to you. Here are some of the most important details you should include in your media kit. So the first one is including a short bio. In the introduction, it's important to share a little bit about yourself and your brand so that the brand that you're pitching or the brand that's reached out to you knows if you're a good fit for their ideal customer. 
So this is kind of where our exercise from step one comes back into play. So earlier, remember when you were writing out who your audience is, like a little bit about them, who you reach, what their interests are. This is exactly what you want to share in this short introduction and bio. So you want to talk a little bit about yourself and then you want to say who your audience is just to give the brand a taste of who they're working with. Chances are they'll already know this if they've reached out to you. But if you are pitching a brand, then this is really, really helpful information to try to get them hooked and show them you have something that is going to be valuable to them. Next up in your media kit, you're going to want to share your demographics. Sharing who your audience is and all of the details that you can about them is going to be very important in convincing a brand to work with you as it gives them a little proof that your audience matches theirs. So hopefully we hooked them in with that little short bio about you and who you reach. And then you're going to prove that bio that you've just written by sharing some more stats about them. So This is the great time to look into your Instagram insights or your YouTube analytics, go to the audience section and figure out, you know, where does your audience live? What gender do they primarily identify with? What is their age group? These are the kind of stats you can share because you actually will have numbers on this either in Instagram, YouTube, or whatever platform you're kind of pitching for. You can go and see like, oh, my audience is 68% female and they are primarily 18 to 34 living in the US or whatever it is for you. This is a great place to share this because it proves to the brand that, you know, obviously you know who your audience is because you've talked about that in the bio and you'll just know that from, you know, your own experience of talking with them on whatever platform it is you communicate on. But this is where you can back that up with stats and it just kind of makes it come across as more professional, more legit. The brand knows that you actually do take numbers seriously um, because that's going to be important for them, you know, wanting to work with you because obviously it's about the vibe. It's about having a good personality fit, but uh, brands are really going to care about the actual results and the outcomes of, of your campaign. So this is kind of where you start sharing stats to prove that um, you know what you're talking about when it comes to the audience that you're reaching. Okay, so talking about stats, the next step is really going to be including all of them, all the stats across all your different platforms. So provide the brand insight on how big your following is on your top platforms. So you could include your YouTube subscribers, your email subscribers, Instagram followers, TikTok followers, etc. I would recommend though, only including the accounts that you're really active on and you would want to do branded content on. So for example, um, in my own media kit for my YouTube channel and stuff, I include my Instagram followers, my YouTube subscribers, and my email subscribers, but I don't include my Twitter followers because I don't really go on Twitter that often, and I'm not really going to do any branded work on Twitter because it just wouldn't make sense. I've got like 700 followers on there, and um, I don't think most of them ever see my tweets because I don't tweet very often. So that's just an example to show that like if you aren't really active on your Facebook page or your Pinterest or whatever, you don't have to include your stats there because you're most likely not going to be doing branded work there anyway. So just include the accounts that you're most active on and that you want to get brand deals for. And also just as like a small sort of design suggestion that I think uh, works well when it comes to like just the, I don't know, psychology of proving to brands that you're legit. I would always include your primary platform at the top. So for me, it's YouTube. So I include my YouTube subscribers at the very top because that's the biggest number. And then I kind of work down from there um, just so that you can kind of impress them right away with the biggest number that you have. So of course you want to include followers, um, but 
remember that even more important than followers is your engagement rate. So it's really important to share on each of these platforms what your average engagement rate is as well. And I would recommend also including how often you post there. So for myself and my media kit, I have a column where I include, you know, all my platforms and the number of followers or subscribers. And then underneath that, I have posts, you know, X number of times per week. So let's say on YouTube, I would say average post per week is two. Average number of views per video is X. You know, that changes over time. So you kind of want to update this. I would recommend likely once a month. Um, I normally make a new version of it each month because probably your followers have gone up. You might be on a different posting schedule. You might have a different engagement rate. So you want to keep it up to date as that changes. But those are kind of the three main stats that I would say you want to include with each platform is the number of followers you have, how often you post there, and what your typical engagement rate is. Now you can calculate this based on your most recent, let's say 10 posts, like the average engagement rate across those. You can do it across the entire month if you want. These numbers obviously should be truthful and accurate, but you don't have to worry about them being overly scientific because at the end of the day, if the brand really wants to do a lot of research into your platforms and how they perform, they can go on Social Blade. They can look on Instagram themselves and see how many likes and comments you get. So there's lots of ways for brands to do the investigation into these statistics themselves. So you don't have to worry about this being, you know, accurate down to the third decimal or something like that. But obviously you're, you're going to make sure that you're being truthful with it. So that's my take on how to include stats in your media kit. So just to recap, include them, you know, in a list, starting with your biggest platform first, working your way down, and then make sure you include your number of followers, how often you post there and what your average engagement rate is. And that will give the brand a really good overview of what you're working with in terms of stats. Have you ever struggled to get clear audio while you're in an online meeting or maybe even trying to record a podcast? If you've been following me for a while, then you'll know that background noise is my constant nemesis. I live near a busy intersection and the amount of times I have to stop recording my podcast while a truck drives past and cut it out later is just through the roof. That's why I was so excited when I heard about Crisp. Crisp is an AI-powered app that removes background noise and echo from your audio and only leaves behind the human voice. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more. It's a lifesaver when you're aiming for professional audio without a professional recording studio. It integrates with all the apps, including Zoom, Google Meet, and even QuickTime Player, which is what I personally use to record my audio for this podcast. Try it out today by using our exclusive link, which you can find in the show notes of this episode. Try Crisp today and never struggle with your background noise again. Okay, so the last thing that you're going to want to include in that media kit is your pricing, of course. So you have to decide the price that you feel comfortable with, that you think is reasonable for not only the audience you have, but also the quality of work that you offer and how long it takes you to produce that work. You don't have to worry too much about being competitive with other influencers or creators because it's really up to you what you think your time and your audience attention is worth. Just keep in mind that depending on the price you choose, you may get more or fewer brand deals, you know, depending on if you are priced, 
you know, higher or lower than your quote unquote competition. I'll be honest with you in my time doing brand deals as a content creator, I've never been, you know, that sure what other people are charging. There've been a few times where I've talked to friends that have had a similar number of subscribers to me and I've figured out, okay, what are you charging Skillshare for this or that? Um, and that's been really helpful. But for the most part, I have gone in completely blind to what the industry standard rates are. And I'll just tell you the way that I started pricing my brand deals at the beginning. And I did my first ever brand deal on YouTube when I had 2,500 subscribers and I priced based on what I was charging my freelance clients at the time. So back in the day when I first started on YouTube, I was working as a freelance videographer. And so I was pricing video projects for clients all the time. And obviously that would change depending on how many hours I think it would take me, all that kind of thing. So that's how I priced my first ever brand deal is I priced it the same way I would as if it was a client and I was making a, um, you know, marketing video for them, like a commercial for their brand. Um, and so for my first ever YouTube brand deal, I charged just around $800 and I had 2,500 subscribers, which is kind of funny to me now. I honestly look back and I wonder how I actually got that brand deal. Like I'm really shocked that they agreed to that. Um, and my first ever brand deal actually was with Storyblocks and honestly, now I can't even get a brand deal with Storyblocks. They have grown a lot as a company and they work with like a lot bigger YouTubers now. But I think at the time when I got my brand deal with them, they were just getting started in influencer marketing. And so they were reaching out to fairly small creators that um, were making content that was relevant to their target audience. At the time I was making videos about filmmaking, video editing, um, being a freelance videographer, that kind of thing. So it really lined up. If you haven't heard of the brand before, they're a stock footage um, library. So anyway, that's kind of the story of my first brand deal and how I personally think I overpriced it. But at the time I was pricing it based on the work that I was doing for my clients. And that's what I pitched to them. And that's what they agreed to. So that's just kind of to show you that you never really know the whole thing with pricing is quite mysterious. And you never know what representative you're going to get at the brand what they're cleared to agree to. Um, so you kind of just have to try and I think at the end of the day, you just need to make sure that you're coming up with the price that feels good for you and the amount of time that you're going to put into it because, you know, on my journey as well, since I did my first ever brand deal, there's also been times where I've really lowballed because I just wanted to get the deal with a certain brand or whatever. And then you always end up feeling resentful or frustrated later down the road when you are, you know, 20 hours deep into a video project that you're not getting paid very much for. And you kind of just wish you had never agreed to it in the first place. So that's why I think whether or not the brand agrees to it, Try not to worry about that when you're setting your prices. Set prices that you're going to feel comfortable with if the brand does agree to go forward because you never want to lowball yourself and end up feeling frustrated later. So even if you think that you might be striking yourself out of some deals by having too high a prices, try not to stress that too much because you want to make sure if the brand actually said yes, you would feel really good about going forward. Now, if you are totally stuck on coming up with your prices from the outset, there are some resources online for this, like Social Blade and other platforms that will give you a recommended rate based on your number of followers and your engagement rate. I personally think that these often 
really, really lowball the value that creators are offering. So I would not live and die by those stats. I would take whatever they're recommending and make sure that your number is higher than that because I really believe in the value that small content creators offer to brands. So just because you have less than 5,000 followers doesn't mean that you won't be able to actually convert sales for them. And that is definitely worth something. So in the beginning, take a look at what Social Blade says, but then think about how many hours it would actually take you to create the content that you would be creating for the brand and then figure out what your ideal hourly rate would be. So let's say you want to pay yourself $30 an hour and you know that it's going to take you three hours to craft that Instagram post then make sure that your rate is $90. Even if Social Blade's like, you could charge $25 for this. Ignore that and charge what you want to charge. Um, and that's just going to end up being a much more healthy and reasonable process for you. Because what we don't need is everybody out here lowballing, trying to fight for brand deals, when in reality, as content creators, we're the ones offering value to brands. So make sure that you price what you're comfortable with and that you feel that you're worth and then put those on a media kit and know that you can negotiate. Sometimes brands will come back and say, you know, I really want to work with you on your $100 package, but our budget is really $80. Do you think you can work with that? And you can decide then in that moment if it feels worth it to you or not. Maybe it's a brand you really love. Maybe you're also going to be sent free things. You can decide, you know, the value of it to you on a case-by-case basis. Um, So just get some numbers on your media kit and start sending it to people. Try not to get too tripped up on the pricing bit. Okay, so I know we talked a lot about pricing just there, but I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with. If you do have more questions about it, totally feel free to reach out. We are always happy to chat over on the Creatorly Media Instagram, so you can DM us there, and we can always do another episode diving into pricing for brand deals as a content creator. So with that being said, let's move on to step four of our process of getting brand deals. And that is start pitching to brands. Now that you have a targeted audience, a high engagement rate, and you have added all those important details to your media kit, it's time to actually start pitching to brands. If you still have a small audience, I'd recommend starting by pitching to smaller brands, especially ones that have a very specific target audience that aligns with your audience. In the early stages of your growth, you would probably have a hard time landing deals with large brands like Nike or Squarespace or some of those other big ones that you see on YouTube all the time. But there are so many small brands out there that would love the opportunity to work with someone with a smaller audience, especially if you already have established the first two steps in this episode and you've got a target audience and you've got a really good engagement rate. I actually do have a free pitch template that I've used to reach out to brands in the past that you can grab it at katiesteckley.com slash pitch. I haven't moved that one over to the creatorly URL yet. So yeah, it's just katiesteckley.com slash pitch. And you can download that template there and basically just modify it for the brand that you want to reach out to. Really, what I would recommend doing for this in terms of a process that's actually going to be structured and help you kind of really make moves towards doing paid brand deals is start a spreadsheet and start filling out in that spreadsheet brands that you would like to work with. I would recommend having a column for whether you've reached out to them or not and what date you reached out to them, 
what you heard back from them, a few of those details. Essentially what you're starting is like a CRM or like a client relationship management uh, database, but for the brands that you want to work with. And this will help you have a really systematic approach to sending pitches. And it's really going to increase your chance of actually getting a brand deal if you really approach it in this structured way. So I would recommend making a list of like 10, 20, 50. It really depends on how ambitious and how excited you are about brand deals. But if you really want to get one, like make a list of 50 brands that you could work with. And you can find them by researching on Instagram, on Pinterest. You can look for, you know, small boutiques or, you know, makers or designers or whatever that are just getting started and maybe haven't done any brand deals yet. And then you can use that pitch template that I mentioned on my website and modify it for each brand and send them an email, attach your media kit, and then, you know, basically wait to see if they get back to you. You can record this in your spreadsheet. If they don't, maybe two weeks later, or actually I'd probably recommend doing sooner than that, you know, a few days later, follow up if they didn't hear from you. Um, honestly, I think the follow-up is so powerful and I'll be honest, that's something that I'm honestly shy about too often. So I'm like, oh, I'll wait longer. They might've heard back from me. Don't be afraid to follow up. That's how you're actually going to like make stuff happen. So, and I would recommend really recording all of this. I feel like it sounds so nerdy, but like put it all in a spreadsheet and then you'll really know, okay, where am I at with these brands that I remember to reach out to them? What did they say? All that kind of thing. And you might actually start to gather feedback from people. You might hear that, oh, you know, that doesn't match our budget or whatever. And that might help you adjust your approach as you go. Really, this is just like a traditional sales process, but rather than selling a product or a service in the traditional sense, you're selling advertising to them. So really just think about it as you being a salesperson for yourself, be confident in what you're pitching and reach out to people that you would like to work with and make sure that you send them a tailored pitch that makes them know that you actually care about their brand and that you would be passionate about working with them. And that's how you're going to start to get some leads on potential opportunities. But let's talk about what if a brand reaches out to you? I know many of us, when we get started, we're probably in the position of we're trying to reach brands, we're making lists, we're sending emails, but sometimes an email will land in your inbox. And how do you know if it's legit? You can find out a lot about a brand and their legitimacy just by looking at their Instagram page. First, don't be fooled by a brand having a large following. Sadly, we all know followers can be purchased. Engagement rate, though, is a huge giveaway. If a brand has like 100k followers, but an average of one comment or 20 likes on each post, that's a whopping 0.00021 engagement rate. So obviously, not good. It's safe to assume this brand has purchased their followers. You can calculate someone's engagement rate by adding up their likes and comments and dividing it by their follower count. Obviously, you can't see saves and shares, but this will give you a rough sense of how engaged their audience actually is. Another idea is to search through the brand's hashtags and account tags, and you might find that other Instagram users have used their hashtag or tagged them in posts about them being a scam or not liking their products or whatever. So just make sure you do some of that external research and see what other people are talking about. Lastly, listen to your gut. If your gut is telling you that this seems scammy and it's not a brand you recognize, just ignore it and take the time to reach out to small brands that you know are legit and you would love to work with. 
don't be afraid to just delete some of those emails. Unfortunately, as the influencer marketing industry has grown and along with it, many small creators desire to become full-time content creators. There has been a huge growth in basically this cottage industry of people making money off of convincing people that they are being influencers. So I actually made a YouTube video all about this on my personal account uh, about the brand ambassador scam. And just to summarize that really quickly for you, essentially, there are a lot of drop shipping brands out there that will try to reach out to people and basically say, we'd like you to be a brand ambassador. Um, and you know, that sounds so exciting. If you're a small creator, you're like, yes, this is my first brand deal. But as you start talking to them, you realize that actually they're just going to be giving you a discount code and then you can purchase things from them with this discount code. If you post about it on Instagram, um, that's not being a brand ambassador. That's just being given a coupon. And in fact, like if they're requiring you to post about it, it's just like you are almost doing work for them without actually, like you're paying them to do work for them. So that's unfortunately one that a lot of people get drawn into because it seems so flashy and exciting, but there's lots of stuff like that. I'll get emails in my inbox all the time that it's sort of written as if it's a brand deal pitch, but then really at the end of the email, you realize they're just asking you to download their app and start using it. So they'll frame it like exclusive opportunity to be the first round of creators on our brand new viral app. And then you realize like they're just trying to make their own version of TikTok and they're trying to get you to join it because they don't have any users yet, but they make you feel like you're so exclusive and an influencer or whatever to try to convince you. So you really have to look out for these things where it's not a legitimate business partnership where you're offering your marketing services in exchange for payment. A lot of these things are them making you feel like that, but they're actually selling to you. So just keep an eye out for that. And remember, you should never have to pay to do a brand deal. Legitimate brand deals will pay you or send you things for free in addition to paying you. They will not ask you to buy things from them in order for you to talk about it. That just <laughs> doesn't make sense. It's like you're the customer, not the um, salesperson anymore. So keep an eye out for that stuff and just remember to do your research and of course trust your gut and don't be afraid to just delete an email if it doesn't seem like a good opportunity for you. And finally, I want to leave you off with a little bonus tip about brand deals as well. I can only assume you are trying to learn everything there is to know about securing brand deals because you're trying to make an income out of being a creator online. So I wanted to share this bonus tip with you about increasing your pricing with brands even if you still have a small audience. So obviously one way to be able to charge more for brand deals is by having more people that you're able to market to, but we don't always have full control over our audience growth. It probably is going to be slow and steady if it's organic and legitimate. So if you want to be able to increase your pricing, you can, in addition to doing a paid post advertising on your platforms, you could offer them a marketing package that they could use in their own marketing efforts as well. So this is a really great opportunity. If you are skilled in photography or filming or editing or copywriting, you can use those skills to offer the brand additional marketing assets for a higher rate. So this is something that I would pitch all the time when I first got started because I was a freelance filmmaker and I, you know, would do photography and that kind of thing. So I would offer a brand, not only will I mention you in my YouTube video, but I will also make a promotional video that you can post on your social platforms. So that's a really great way that you can add extra value 
to the brand deals that you're doing and then therefore increase your prices. So this is a great way to get the most out of each and every partnership you secure rather than having to try to run around and get a bunch more brand deals. You can just make the brand deals that you do secure worth even more. The most important thing in all of this is for you to remember your worth. This is your business and you have worked hard to get where you are today. So make sure that you really believe in what you're offering. You know you have a good audience. You know that your audience cares about you and that the quality of content that you're creating is very good. So believe in that, be confident in it, and don't settle for doing really low priced brand deals or doing too much stuff just in exchange for free product. Really know what your value is, what things are worth to you, and never feel like you need to do something just to legitimize yourself as a paid influencer. It's far better to just focus on creating really high quality content and building a community, and eventually the brand deals will come. Don't feel like you need to legitimize yourself by doing brand deals because the content that you're creating is already worth so, so much to the people who follow you. So just make sure you continue in that pursuit and eventually the brand deals will fall into place if you follow this little guide. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this helpful. As always, message us over on Instagram at Creatorly Media. If you have any questions at all, leave us a review if you liked the show and I hope you have a really great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Creator Club podcast. This show is produced by Creatorly Media, a social media and content marketing agency by creators for creators. If you want professional help growing your social media platforms or creating your content, come visit us at creatorlymedia.com or at creatorlymedia on Instagram. If you've listened this far into the episode, we want to know who you are. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot your podcast app and share it to your Instagram story, tagging at Creatorly Media or at Katie Steckley so that we can chat. Again, thanks for listening and remember to keep on creating. We'll catch you next time.